You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom in Tech, the podcast that picks through the rubble of the collision of media, technology, and entertainment and tries to find something relatively stimulating and interesting and engaging and entertaining out of all of that mess. I'm your host, David Bloom, and thanks so much for listening in once again. This week, I've been thinking a bit about Twitter and what's been going on with Twitter. Uh, It's been in the news a lot for a variety of different reasons. And out of that, I started thinking about could Twitter, and actually more than Twitter, our our entire engagement and relationship to social media be if we had a different approach? What if we treated social media accounts like a public trust, an enduring and official record of what we're thinking, doing, and planning? It's an essential question at the heart of a lawsuit now in federal appeals court, challenging whether Donald Trump should be able to block people from his Twitter feed. Trump has turned his feed, with nearly 60 million followers, into the less filtered but more or less functional equivalent of White House news releases, at least in many cases. He's used Twitter for everything from significant policy announcements like withdrawing U.S. troops from Iraq to retweeting sketchy posts by white supremacists. The legal question is whether Trump should be able to block whomever he wants from that feed or given the many substantive posts from the world's most powerful person not to mention the sometimes harrowing insights his Twitter feed provides into that person's psyche, does allowing him to block critics violate constitutional guarantees of access to government and its decision-makers? Blocking the blocking would mark a big change for Twitter, which has allowed users to zap stalkers, harassers, trolls, and others who violate its policies on abusive speech, images, and other rotten behavior. But at real Donald Trump already operates under special rules including routinely ignoring the company's policies on abusive language. Trump's account probably would have been suspended long ago were it anyone else's. It's worth noting that at the same time the Trump case came before federal appeals judges, a Twitter executive said the company is considering tagging Trump's transgressive posts with a note detailing how each post violates its community policies. Quote, when we leave that content on the platform, there's no context around that, and it just lives on Twitter and people can see it, and they just assume that's the type of content or behavior that's allowed by our rules, said Twitter's head of legal policy and trust and safety, Vijaya Gade, at a Washington Post tech conference recently. All this comes amid the all-but-complete disappearance from Twitter of the president's favorite news-slash-wacky commentary network. Fox News hasn't posted on Twitter since November 8th, right after the election going silent after posting 418,000 tweets the previous 12 years to its 18.5 million followers. A day later, the tweets stopped on Fox Business Channel after 202,000 previous posts to 815,000 followers. Fox News isn't completely gone from Twitter, of course. It has the world's most expensive social media assistant in Donald Trump, who keeps posting Fox News video clips so the network doesn't have to efficient and four times the reach of the Fox News account. This would seem to be the ultimate expression, to me anyway, of the gig economy. Speculation has been that Fox News is boycotting Twitter because of its slow response when people boycotting Fox's routinely offensive Tucker Carlson posted Carlson's home address. That's public information, but also a violation of Twitter rules. Worse, protesters then showed up at Carlson's home and knocked on his door, scaring his wife. 
Both the suit and Twitter's plans are part of the company's struggles to both encourage wide-ranging conversation and to inhibit our regrettable tendency toward vitriol and trolling, all while still trying to make a buck. And of course, it's not just Twitter facing these struggles. It's been a complicated time for social media companies as a whole. After New Zealand's mosque mass murders, where Facebook was criticized for being slow to shut down a 17-minute live stream of the killings, Australian legislators are proposing fines and jail time for executives who don't remove violent site content quickly enough. The United Kingdom already addled over a Brexit process that started with Russian social media interference in the original referendum, is considering imposing big fines on sites that don't remove harmful content there. In India, Facebook's subsidiary WhatsApp is causing the problems. Its 300 million users in India have found the app particularly cheap and effective at spreading fake news just ahead of national elections. And in the Ukraine, Trump's good pals in Russia are suspected of once again monkeying with someone else's elections. Reaction to all that is energizing a patchwork of legislation from many countries that will make running world-girdling social media sites a real headache. Even Mark Zuckerberg, that champion of unfettered interwebs, has called for more regulation, but only the right kind. His op-ed on Jeff Bezos's Washington Post pitched a, quote, globally harmonized framework, unquote, of operating rules. Well, I'm all for global harmony, however unlikely it is that we'll achieve it. But back to my original question. What if we treated our social media posts, and not just those of our only president and the greatest ever social media assistant, as a public trust to be preserved for all time? What if we acted like all of our posts truly are attached to real David Bloom or whomever? I'm so Twitter OG and real. My actual Twitter handle is just my name, at David Bloom. What if we acted like we'd each have to live with, in a public way, all the crappy stuff that some of us actually do post, and with all the social disdain that that might deserve? Such concerns obviously haven't impinged on Trump's consciousness as he steps all over Twitter rules repeatedly social proprieties, and the like as well. But then again, the president does not appear to be the most introspective of humans. In the absence of his moral leadership, maybe the rest of us could at least try to own all of our online words, be a little more conscious of what we're posting and what it might do to others, while being a little more forgiving of others and their missteps and transgressions. I can dream. In the meantime, I'm still glad I can block someone if they get too nasty. Anyway, this is David Bloom. That's my show. This is Bloom and Tech. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors for their support, and absolutely thank you for yours. It's uh, invaluable. If you like what you hear, rate it, review it, share it, tell your friends, tell the world. Much appreciated. Uh, I can't tell you how much it is uh, wonderful to talk to my followers when I run into them at a conference or an event or something. And it's nice to know somebody's out there listening. In the meantime, take care of yourself. And this is David Bloom for Bloom and Tech, over and out. You've been listening to Bloom and Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone. Thank you.